Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I love to remind people that beyond any hopeless situation, we always have hope, that we always have Jesus. We always have a hope, and we can always hope in Him. For this first week of Advent, we are talking about Advent hope. And I am so excited because I get to talk with one of my new co-workers. She was with one of our sister stations and then came onto the Faith Radio team. So not only am I excited to have a conversation with her, I'm excited for you to get to know her a little bit better. She is Stacy Houle, and she's our audience engagement specialist. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Angie. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so excited for our conversation because we've been having little bits of conversation here and there. So this will be good. Yes. And I love talking about hope. So I appreciated the invitation. (laughs) And so did you grow up as something, is Advent something you grew up doing or observing or do you observe it now as an adult? No, it was not something I grew up observing. I was actually, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We didn't go to church. Um, And even as an adult, the church that um, I attended for many years, it wasn't something that they practiced either. So, you know, I'm honestly just now um, becoming familiar with what Advent is, what the heart behind it is. And it's just a beautiful tradition that I'm excited to start practicing in my own life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have that experience or their experience is that they don't have experience with Advent. Right. And Advent is just uh, the arrival and the coming and the anticipation, preparing, being purposeful and preparing for the coming, so the celebration of Jesus coming Yeah, the first I th- time. I think it's, yeah, again, being more aware of Jesus coming than the holiday that we often celebrate the gifts and the mm-hmm. busyness and the concerts. The cultural and, trappings of yes. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a favorite Christmas tradition that you have from childhood or now? Um, I think it's more from now. I was trying to think of childhood traditions and it mostly, that mostly focused around gifts, opening gifts, waking up early. Mm-hmm. and Which is fun. Yeah. And seeing <laughs> what Santa brought. But um, I think one of my favorite traditions that we have done with our kids is reading um, the nativity story with them, reading from Luke 2. And my favorite memory is when my daughter um, at six years old was like, I want to read it. And Aww. she was not a good reader at a young age. So I think she honestly already had it memorized because she did such a beautiful job. And then she took over that part of the tradition you know, another fun thing that we do with our kids that they still enjoy. They're teenagers now, um, but they still enjoy on Christmas Eve going and um, getting in the car in our pajamas with hot cocoa and popcorn and going around and looking at the Christmas lights. You know, I've heard that from several people that they do that on Christmas Eve. That's such a fun tradition. It is fun. We put on our slippers and just our PJs and it's really fun. And I love that our teenagers still love to do it. They're like, hey, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. And well, and it's funny how some things become a tradition that I didn't realize that we I had done it every like I wasn't intending right. on making something a tradition and the and my boys will be like, we have to do, you know, the thing. And I was, okay, we will do the thing. I guess oh, it's a tradition, okay. Yes. I get excited when they're excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially as teenagers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you like talking about hope. What is it about hope that gets you so excited? 
I think that there are so many distractions and so many reasons, I think, today to feel hopeless. Mm. And I love to remind people that beyond any hopeless situation, we always have hope. Mm -hmm. There's always, you know, I I look at Jesus as our hope. So regardless of what's going on around us, whether it's in our home, our personal lives, or in the world, as we know, there are so many reasons to feel like there isn't a hope. But again, knowing that we always have Jesus, we always have a hope, and we can always hope in him. Yeah, and so let's break into the study guide, and we'll talk a little bit more about hope. If you, those of you who are listening, don't have a copy of the study guide, you can head over to MyFaithRadio.com and look for Reading the Bible Together and look for the Advent study to get your hands on the study guide. It's a free study guide. Uh, So, you know, what was standing out to you in the study guide about talking about hope? Well, I'm going to start. Do you mind if we just if I just read the first question for those Mm -hmm. that don't have it? It says, what do you think hope means in the context of Advent? And for me, I think Advent just gives us an opportunity to reflect on so many promises being fulfilled. You know, we get to celebrate that hope came in the form of a person and that Christmas just represents that time um, that Jesus arrived and that he dwelled with us. I think it's a reminder that, again, that God is with us. It reminds me a little bit of Simeon and Anna in the temple when they go to offer the sacrifices for Jesus because of having a son. Um, And to think about that there had been a 400 year silence. I mean, how many generations of, 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 Hebrew people had gone through where they were waiting for the Messiah and God was silent. And yet here we have Simeon and Anna in the temple and, you know, because, because of Advent being, you know, arrival and coming and think about, you know, when I was looking at some of the definitions of hope, it's like anticipation and an an expectancy, but after so long that they still were experiencing and had that kind of expectancy is amazing. Yes. And you think about the different perspective that we have. Again, Mm -hmm. there were 400 years of silence. And again, we've had, you know, maybe some people could feel like a similar situation where it may feel like God has been silent in some areas for a period of time. But we have so many fulfilled promises in our personal lives, but also, you know, through biblically with the arrival of Jesus. Yeah, you know, it makes me think of um, in our last, the study before this, we were looking at uh, five women in the lineage lineage of Jesus. Yes. And when I talked to Carolyn Haas about Rahab, she was talking about Rahab makes this statement about the the Israelites going through the Red Sea. And she's not, she wasn't old enough to be around. And so she was hanging, she makes this declaration about who God is based on something he did, not for her, not within her lifetime, but she's grasping on to this, uh, this, this hope because of what he had done and what that said about who he is. I mean, it kind of sounds like that's what you're saying, yes, that we can yes. look back and, you know, look at, you know, out of the stump of Jesse will come a shoot and yes. you know, all of these prophecies that we see fulfilled in Jesus. Yes, that was a beautiful, that's a beautiful example. Yes, so many promises fulfilled in, in Scripture which is one of the, which is one of our 
questions. Uh, we're going to skip down to question three. We'll come back to two. Okay. What significance do you see in some of the prophecies or hints of Jesus coming? And so that first one is Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Well, I'm actually going to get a little transparent here. Like, I love spoilers. I have a really hard time sitting through a movie or if I'm reading a book and the chapter, if it starts to get really intense, Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time (laughs) sitting in that tension Mm -hmm. when things are really difficult. So I love spoilers. I love to go to the end of the book and find a chapter that starts to reveal um, the part of the story that's missing. Mm -hmm. And Um, My kids, it drives them crazy that I will go online right in the middle of a movie and like look (laughs) for how does this turn out so that I can sit through that tension so that I can sit in peace. And that's what I love about these verses. I love. um, And that's right. I mean, this is three chapters into the Bible. Right. (laughs) Genesis three. Right. And I love that even. As God was um, talking to them about, you know, the consequences of what they had done, you know, this devastating time that, that again, it looks hopeless. Mm -hmm. He gives them a glimmer of hope. He says, I haven't left you forever. There will come a time. And I love that, you know, that he does, he gives them a spoiler. You know, this isn't the end of the story. This is a really hard chapter, and it's actually devastating, and it's going to have really awful consequences for a long time, yet there still is a hope. And I love that Isaiah and these verses in Isaiah and Jeremiah, that they add details to the promise. Um, They give details about the lineage of Jesus. You know, they let us know that there's more things that we can expect. And they also give us a glimpse of the character of our Savior. Yeah, in Isaiah. So Isaiah 11, 1 is, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his root a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, Mm -hmm. the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And the Jeremiah verse is, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and what is right in the land. I love that. Again, just a spirit of wisdom and of understanding, you know, a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And then again, skipping to Jeremiah 23, um, a king who will reign wisely. Wisely. You know, and it's inter- as I was reading these prophecies and thinking about Jesus coming and then, you know, fast forwarding to his ministry and what the Jewish people expected, the kind of king right. that they expected him to be. And I, you know, as I was reading some of these prophecies, I thought, I'm not sure that I would have thought anything different than them. Right. That they, that he would have been a, a, a conquering king, not a servant king. Right, right. But I love, again, that it says, you know, now from our vantage point, right, like you said, they didn't have the same perspective that we have. But now looking back and you can see that spirit of wisdom and how much we need a wise king Mm -hmm. today. We don't need a conquering king. We need a wise king. Yeah. And that's a little bit about what uh, question two, we'll go back to question two. How does your hope today differ from the hope in the Old Testament since we're looking toward Jesus' second coming 
instead of as first. And there were two things that I thought of. Um, The first is that the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so when I look back at the nation of Israel and their wandering, Mm. I think because most, you know, occasionally it tells us that someone is anointed with the Holy Spirit, but for most of the people, they didn't. And, right. and to think of how I wander mm, <laughs> and right. I have the Holy Spirit, you know, what a difference that makes. And then also that Jesus fills in more of the story, yes. you know, in defining more of a king who he, of a, kind of the king that he is. How would yeah. you answer that question? Well, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but I think um, when I read this question, I went to Hebrews 619, and which says that hope is an anchor for the soul, Mm -hmm. and it's firm and secure. And I think that that is an advantage that we have. Again, it's not not this ambiguous promise, but it is a secure foundation that hope has become something that we can be rooted and grounded in versus having that wandering. And I think the wandering, I just as you talked about that, how the wandering is so different for us, usually that we don't have the counsel or the guidance or the wisdom in those moments because we don't slow down enough mm. to hold to hear from the Holy it's, Spirit. It's like you're in my head or my journal. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for them, it was just, it was different. Um, they maybe had more time to think as they wandered. Mm-hmm. But I think for us, it's more about taking the time to slow down and again, rediscover where our hope comes from, rediscover where that grace comes from and um, just trusting God in those moments and in those times. Well, and I think too, to see that he came, he did, the Messiah did come. And so thinking about him coming again, like he already did it once. Like we know that he can do it and, and how, it kind of really upset the apple cart. It was a, I mean, he's, he tells us that when he comes, it'll, he'll descend from the heavens and it'll be this whole big thing where his first coming was very humble, yes. but I, I still, yeah. It just makes me think of the expectations, the, ex, the expectations that we can have in our anticipation yes. of, um, you know, to make sure that we are, like tethering ourselves to the anchor of Jesus. Yes. And not in something else. Does that make sense? Yes. I think that a lot of times the reason we get to a point of hopelessness is because we put our hope in an outcome Mm -hmm. or we put our hope in a date or a timeline. Mm -hmm. And then we get disappointed. And I think, again, the same thing happened with his first coming. People got so disappointed because they thought Jesus was coming this way or in this time. And their hope, again, was was in the outcome at times. And I think that is one thing that we get caught up in. And that's when we can lose hope is when we think, oh, by this time, Jesus is coming back. He's going to rescue us. And the reality is it's going to come when we least expect. Yeah. Well, and also that makes me think about how it would be easy to make an idol out of what you think is going to happen or an expected outcome versus, and you follow that versus following the Lord. So for example, I was at a time in my life, I thought I was going to open a retreat house. 
I ended up starting a podcast and that's how I ended up at Faith Radio. But I, I, if I would have followed that call that I really believe was from God and if I would have followed that call to, I have to open a retreat house and, you know, no holds barred, I'm going to open a retreat house. I wouldn't be where I am now if I was following that and not following Jesus because by going toward where he was leading, it was a windy path. And so you could look at it and go, well, I failed because I didn't open a retreat house. But I would say the success lied, you know, was in that I continued to follow Jesus, didn't make an idol out of this thing. And that's not to say that we're not supposed to follow our call, but I think we need to make sure that we're following Jesus first and and where he's leading us and being willing to let him make a turn when maybe when we least expect it. Yeah. And knowing that the timing isn't up to us, Mm -hmm. that there is maybe that path will lead back. Maybe it won't to, you know, your original heart's desire. And I think about that in parenting also. I mean, we have kids similar, similar Mm -hmm. ages, similar stages of life. And I think so often I put my hope for them in an outcome. I think that, you know, they, their life should look like this by this time or this date instead of, you know, what, what is the end result? Okay. I want them to love God. I want them to love people. I, um, you know, it's not as much about the small details that I put my expectation in, but it's more about a big picture and trusting God, even in, in their lives and in Mm -hmm. the details of their lives and, and trusting that he's, leading their path and it might be a little more um off the path that I yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot more windy and (laughs) more detours yes and it doesn't look exactly like the path that I laid out for them but again as long as they're walking with Jesus as long as I'm continuing to hand them over to him and trust him to you know just to lead them and guide them yeah, which, you know, leads us, I feel like every time I have a conversation about following Jesus, it ends up in surrender, yes. which is something I do, like I'm a recovering controller, <laughs> but being able to surrender, yes, to, to anchor yourself on that hope and surrender the rest of your expectations yes. in your anticipation of God doing something but not getting so locked in to do this. Yes. Our expectation then becomes about God's goodness, Mm -hmm. not about the outcome, Mm -hmm. not about the results. Our expectation, you know, just really becomes narrow, narrowly focused. So good. So question four, what does it mean to wait for the Lord? Psalm 135. How do you think that applies to Advent and to your life today? And that's, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I will put my hope. That's really good. It is really good, and I think it shows that there is so much, you keep using the same words that I was thinking as I read this, anticipation. Mm -hmm. There's so much expectancy. It's active. This waiting is active. It's a seeking because if you go on to verse 6 of Psalms 130, it says, I wait for the Lord more than a watchman, um, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about that. What is a watchman doing? They're constantly seeking. They're anticipating. They're looking. And that is a very active picture of how we are to wait. Mm -hmm. That's really good. 
Because you could think of a watchman just sitting on the tower, like just hanging out there, but that their job is to actively watch yeah, and wait. Yeah, they're looking at the horizon. So good. How, so question five, how are you celebrating Jesus's first coming and anticipating his second coming this Advent? I love this question. I love, um, because I don't usually, you know, when I think about his first coming, I don't always think of his second coming. So I love that the question even makes us ponder that. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, there was something that I thought about it. And again, I, sometimes I feel like I answer the question very indirectly and then kind of come back to answer it. Um, when I talk about hope, I think the verse that encourages me the most is actually Romans 4.18. And it actually is a look back at Abraham, and it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Mm. You know, Abraham doesn't have, again, he doesn't have the same perspective that we have today, but he still chose in hope to believe no matter what the circumstances looked like. And so I guess that helps me in um, today to kind of, I think most of us would agree that the circumstances on a world scale are pretty overwhelming. You mm -hmm. know, it's really hard because you can feel like there's so little you can do today. You know, there's so much unrest. There's so much, um, so many reasons to feel brokenhearted. But I just go back to what Abraham said, you know, against all hope. In hope, we can believe. And again, Jesus is our hope. Mm -hmm. he, is a, he is hope. And so I think that for me, during this season, looking ahead, that Jesus came, he dwelt among us, and he's coming back. Mm -hmm. He didn't leave us forever. It's not the end of the story. We can anticipate, regardless of what's going on, we can trust that he's still with us through the Holy Spirit, that he is coming back, that he hasn't left us. So good. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that we talk about, about hope? I just, I guess more than anything, I just want to encourage you because I do think I know, you know, in conversations that I have with people, there are so many people that have lost hope, whether it's in a big area or if it's just in a small area, whether it's the hope that they had in a dream coming to pass or a hope for a child, um, an adult child. You know, there's so many opportunities for us to lose hope. But I just want to encourage you today to remember that Jesus is our hope, that sometimes we are often, if ever, we don't get to know the time frame, but trusting that he's working, even in the circumstances when we can't see that he's working, that he's working in our children's lives, that he's working in the situation, that he's working in our husbands, um, that he's working in our wives, you know, that he, that Jesus, as our hope, is working in whatever circumstances that we're coming up against. And so this holiday, this Christmas, I hope that you can celebrate who Jesus is, that he did die for us, that he was born, that he, it's just a beautiful opportunity to remember that we can hope always. Well, and I just want to close from Isaiah 11. It says, a shoot comes up from the stump of Jesse, from his root a branch will bear fruit, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, and the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. 
He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and the breath of his lips will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness a sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his head on the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about Advent hope. Join us next time when we talk about Advent peace. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.